Check them up, check them up. How's everybody doing? I'm back. It's Rojo of the Rojo Show. This is episode 11. Episode 11 of the Rojo Show, and I am back in Chicago from my awesome trip um, down the West Coast. As everybody knows, or everybody that pays attention to the show, everybody listens to the show. I'd like to apologize. I'll start off by apologizing because I really had intentions on having more shows while I was gone. But I I am such a fan of the quality of this podcast that once I heard episode 10, I mean, I asked some people's opinion about how it sounded and they, they gave me, they, they said it didn't sound too bad. Will was a little low in the uh, um, in the vocals or whatever, which I kind of anticipated, but they said it didn't sound too bad. But when I heard it, I I didn't like it. I didn't care for it. So I was kind of reluctant to record another one while out there, which is why I'm recording one right now. As soon as I got back, I, uh, I walked out of Midway Airport at... 2.30 last night Around 2.30 For some reason it took my bags forever It took Everybody's bags Like It was like three flights that got in right with each other It was my flight from Vegas It was a flight from Phoenix And a flight from San Diego I think it Seems like we all got there at the same time And the Vegas bags came out last Which kind of sucked for me But Got home Took care of some much needed business. Whew. Much needed business. Needed to take care of that business. Should have took care of that business before I left. But that's a different story. Took care of that business. And um, went to my mom's house this morning. Had breakfast. Picked up my car. And now I am back in the hell that is Lansing, Illinois. But the joy is that I am bringing this to you. Episode 11 of The Rojo Show. So, fuck, am I that loud? Am I really quick in that bag? Shit. Okay. So, um, for those of you... Okay, so when I left off, I was in Seattle? No. We were driving... Yeah, wait, wait. I think we were driving to... Sacramento the last time I did the podcast so we got to Sacramento we were only there for a night um then we ran to LA or did I do it in LA no we were driving to LA when I did the last podcast so LA was tight um it's it's real it's pretty much just the way it seems on TV every attraction is way less exciting than it seems like it is like the one, the one that really like stands out was like the Hollywood Walk of Fame. That is a piece of shit. Like it's not like like you would think. And of course, being from Chicago, we always want to compare things to things in Chicago. You would think that that would be like State Street or Michigan Avenue. Like that's how they present it on TV. But it's actually more like. Um, 73rd 
or 60, 63rd. It's more like that. Like, it's really trashy. I mean, you got people sleeping there, but you got people sleeping everywhere in, in L.A. I mean, and why wouldn't you? The weather is awesome to sleep outside. But the Hollywood Walk of Fame was garbage. And then, like, the whichever one of those Chinese theaters it is. I know it's the Chinese Man Theater, and then there's, like, a Chinese another one. Uh, you don't even really notice that you're walking up to those before you're up to them. You know, like they don't they don't stand out. Um, I think I rode by Staples Center. I think I rode. I think I went into the Beverly Center. Those were cool. I mean, typical malls. Um, but palm trees are beautiful. Definitely a lot of big boobs, but you gotta be careful. See, will will. And uh, the Bruce Jenner thing right before coming out here really kind of scared me and put me on alert because Will kind of was freaking me out about, you know, the amount of um, transvestites there are in L.A. And there are transvestites in L.A. Hold on a second. What up? I'm recording a podcast. What's good? I'm, I'm recording a podcast. Oh, okay. Let me get you back. That was E. He probably trying to talk about this Meek Mill and Drake shit. Yeah, so, like, I, I found myself walking around, and I really wanted to, like, like, L.A. has beautiful women. Like, L.A. collects beautiful women, right? They collect them, and they ruin them. Um, they go out there with, delu- I don't want to say delusions of grandeur, but because, I mean, if if you're attractive, and you, you put the work in, and you go to these little casting calls and auditions and stuff, I mean, if you're hot enough, eventually somebody's going to holler at you. But the thing is, are you willing to put in that work? So there's a lot of like just attractive women out there. But they had Will had me so freaked out on the transvestite shit that like every woman I looked at, I was more so trying to like verify their womanness or I was I was more so like looking for like male features than really appreciating the female ones like rather than be like oh you know um that's a that's a hot she's got some nice boobs or she's cute she's got she's got nice eyes or whatever it was way more like does she does she have does she have big hands does she have a manly face does it seem like her name used to be frank so it kind of ruined my experience as far as women. Not necessarily. It's not like, I mean, I don't know. Not really. But it was definitely, it definitely kind of threw me off a little bit. Um, by the third or fourth day there, I kind of was over it. But it de- it was definitely something to think about. I mean, and I definitely saw some. I definitely saw some. I definitely had to stop, like, my, my uh, exclamations of... Um, you know, acceptance. Like if I saw a girl and I was, <clears throat> you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't look at somebody down the street, some chick across the street, and be like, oh shit, out loud. You can't do it out loud because as they get closer, you might notice that all their hair is fake and they have a very strong jaw and it's a guy and you've already done all this. Mm. Mm. I don't know. That's good. That could get some people in trouble. Like, I don't know. 
It's really weird. The world is getting crazy. But what can you do? So, yeah. Um, L.A. was cool. L.A. was awesome. I had a really good time. I it it is it somewhere that I would live? I don't know. I mean, I guess I didn't. I wasn't there on business, so I didn't really experience a lot of like the the fakeness that people talk about. How everybody is so fake and so industry is so industry driven. I guess if I was like on some auditions or something, I'd have to. I'd have to uh, be more on top of that. I did definitely feel like the fat guy because like everybody out there is like super skinny and super in shape. And not that I'm not not that I'm fat by Chicago standards. By Chicago standards, I'm in decent. I'm in fairly good shape, but by LA standards, I'm like a truck. I'm like uh, I'm precious. It's crazy. Ross went out there. Shout out to Ross. Ross lost thirty pounds. He's out there looking like, uh, looking like I I couldn't come up with anything fast enough. So I'm just gonna let it go. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta let it go. I couldn't come up with anything. But Ross is out there playing hockey and working at the Adidas store. And he got some other good jobs. So that's what's up. He uh he took picked up some medicine for me, which was wonderful. Wonderful medicine from LA's uh from a, a fine LA dispensary. But um could I see myself moving to LA? I don't know. If I had some if I if I had some business out there, I could see myself moving out there like temporarily. But like it, I I definitely don't see myself at any point calling LA home. I don't unless I necess, unless I absolutely had to. And then like I don't have a huge family, so I guess I can move their asses out there. Party girl mom. <laughs> Party girl mom wanted to have shots this morning when I got back. <laughs> She's awesome. Shouts out to Party Girl Mom. Yes, we, me, her, and my sister, and my dad were taking shots at 8.30 or 9 o'clock this morning in celebration of me coming home safely. Uh, then we went to breakfast at Daly's where they could really show Roscoe's a thing or two about um, chicken and waffles because Roscoe's... Listen, okay, so everything I had there that I had heard about being there was not good. Like, Roscoe's, not good. If you follow me on Instagram or you're friends with me on Facebook, you saw the picture of the two legs and the waffles that they gave me. Now, listen, I like dark meat, okay? Not because not because it's, it's a lower piece of the bird and... You know, the white man ate the breast and the wing. The white man ate the ate the white meat and left the dog meat to us. No, not because of that. It's because usually people overcook breasts and they come out dry. So I don't want a big hunk of dry meat. Usually they cook the leg. The leg and the thigh can take a little bit more of a beating and still be pretty tender. So I like that, you know what I'm saying? And usually you'll get like... A leg quarter, like that's what I was, and that's what I was thinking. That's what I was envisioning when I ordered a dark meat, what whatever they call it, like a Scoes special or whatever. It's chicken and waffles, and two pieces of dark meat, a quarter quarter of a quarter of chicken, dark chicken, whatever. They brought me out two legs, and I just that I don't know. Dailies gave me seven good wings today. I gave my mom one. I gave my sister one, so I really just had five wings because they always eat my food and then take 
three quarters of their food home and eat off the week, as my mom say. But it was good. Roscoe's was not. Roscoe's wasn't good. In-N-Out Burger wasn't particularly good. Not for the price. Like, that's the other thing. Like, that bullshit I got from Roscoe's was like $18. It was like $16.50 or some shit. It was terrible. It was not good. I would have rather gotten churches and uh, Lego waffles. Ego waffles. Lego my Ego waffles. The, t- the taco place I went to was good. The um, cactus taco. Taco anything. Cactus taco was good. The taco truck I went to was good. I would have eaten out of a taco van, a taco stand. I would eat tacos, but I will not eat green eggs and ham. That was kind of corny. But I would, I'd eat tacos or Mexican food anywhere. And I'd probably do like some seafood too. But, um, well, we did a little seafood. But I wouldn't, that In-N-Out burger was disappointing. And it was a line. And it was raining. You know, Rojo brought the rain to L.A.? Rojo brought the rain to L.A. My first time in L.A., they broke the July record for rainfall that stood since like 1886 because I was there from Chicago. I I hold that kind of power, yo. I don't know if you know. I don't know if you know, but I'm I'm not your average. I'm not your token nigga. That was water for those that care about my uh, refreshments. I'd love to get a sponsor, a, a beverage sponsor. You know, like uh, Vita Coco or some kind of oolong tea. Maybe some kind of uh, anybody make uh, kombucha. I ask for kombucha. I'm, I'm, I'm working on sponsors next. That's my next thing. I need some sponsors. But um, I got up with some friends when I was in L.A. I got up with Jeremy. Big ups to Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy Collins from Jones. I... I at some point, I kind of thought we had beef, but it, whatever it was, we met up and we, you know what I'm saying? We blew some stuff and it was a really good time. It was really good to see him. Hopefully, we're going to do some uh, some some theater or not, well, theater, some film stuff. We're going to do some film stuff in the near future. Uh, I met up with my friend Tanika from church. My mom was all, you should have got a picture. It wasn't no taking a picture type of thing. Um, I guess I could have taken a picture. I don't know. I'm just not big into taking pictures of myself. Like that picture I took with Aaron, I got up with Aaron. The picture I took with him was cool. I looked, I looked, I looked buff. I took a picture with Ross. I guess I could have took a picture with Tanika. I, I didn't take a picture with Jeremy either, though. I don't know. But yeah, uh, that's who I went to Roscoe's with, and um, that was was that. That's all the people I knew in L.A. Well, one of my comedy friends, KB, was out there, but he just moved out there, and I guess he had to work, so he didn't really, man, him ain't really catch up, but um, everybody else was cool. Will had a couple friends that he met up with or whatever, um, almost got into a fight, crazy. Look, if you're ever in a fight, or if you're ever in a, a, in a, a tension-filled situation, and one of your friends says, yo, I'm ready to die for you. He is a clown. And you should be very careful where and when you hang out with him. Because he's going to get y'all killed over some dumb shit. 
I'm listening to the police sirens outside my window. There's a lot of them. I think they're chasing somebody down. I'm in Lansing, so anything's possible. Um, but yeah, like the object of the game is not to have to die for anybody. Like no, the, the object is for nobody to die and everybody to walk away and go home. So all this like be ready to die or be willing to die, like that shit is kind of dumb. Like, I don't know. It should be unspoken. It shouldn't be something that you should be saying out loud because that just makes you sound like, sound reckless. Makes you sound like you're playing hero ball. And it's like, you don't want to have to play hero ball. You want to be able to play team ball, you know, pass it, pass the rock, keep everybody involved. You don't want to have to save anybody. You don't want to have to die for anybody. So if anybody ever tells you, or if y'all in a situation and he yells out, man, I'm ready to die. Man, I'll die for you. Yo, get away from that dude. <laughs> Send him out there on his own. He's a pawn. You could, you could, you could lose him to, to get something better out of the deal. Uh, so where was I talking about LA? LA was nice. Me and me and Will kicked it hard in LA. Um, but then the drive to Vegas, the drive to Vegas was raw, um, through the desert and through the mountains. I think there's a, I, I wish I, I don't know the route to tell you that I went because when I told somebody else this, they asked me, Oh, did you guys go this way or this way? And I, I don't know. But um, it was fun. It was a real nice trip. I got some pictures. I didn't get as picture. I didn't get as many good pictures from LA to Vegas as I did from Portland to Vegas or Portland to LA. But it's number one. It's a longer trip, and number two, um, it's it's not as many good pictures. Like it all kind of looks the same. Although very beautiful and panoramic, it all kind of looks the same. And unless you can kind of capture it all, you kind of lose it. But it was cool. It was a really nice ride. Will didn't let me drive any. I wish he had a, but apparently he's used to doing long drives coming off tour. Because I guess he drives from city to city more than he actually like flies. Will has a thing about flying. I actually wish him safe travels. He's flying out. I flew out yesterday. He's flying out today. Coming to Chicago and then he's running to New York to take care of some business, take care of some business. So, uh, safe travels to my boy Will. Um, Vegas, Vegas was typical. I, I feel I feel confident in saying that. Vegas is like a twenty four seven tourist attraction. So, when you see things there, you can't necessarily judge them like when you see ignorant shit you can't judge that as being like Vegas people like you can judge like LA people as being LA people because even listen I felt myself turning into an LA person like if you if you if LA makes you into like a a feral cat or like a like a wild pig if you don't get those references um just a little science tidbit science tidbit if you take a domesticated cat um, more specifically, if you take a domesticated pig, a pink pig, whatever, from a farm, and you release him into the wild, within six weeks, he'll start to develop very thick, and he'll basically start to transform into a wild boar. Like his his teeth, he'll start to uh, his incisors will start to turn into like fangs and stick out more. He'll start growing like extra coarse hair on his back he'll start turning a darker color that's how i felt in la 
Like I felt myself transforming into this green juice, black coffee drinking, sushi snob kind of person. Kind of taking the awesome weather for granted mutant. That's why I'm that's why I've always told myself that if I go to LA, I don't want to be there for a long time. And I did the exact opposite. I went for like nine days hard. A hard nine days. And we moved around like this Airbnb Airbnb is fucking awesome. I don't want to plug them too much because they not they not sponsored. They're not paying me. I need and I need a sponsor because I need my chips with dip. But it really allows you to live as a civilian. You know, like to live as a native. You're not in a hotel. You're not necessarily in a tourist district. You're not downtown. You can be like where real people live. And that's where we were. Like our first one was like right in the Wilshire district. Like right off, uh, right off Wilshire Boulevard. Um, no, no, no. It was right off. Maybe it was right off Wilshire. I think so. Um, Again, like when I told people that they knew exactly where I was, the second spot we stayed in was in the Hollywood Hills, um, which are exactly what they sound like. Like I look, I when I went because this this place had like a bunch of rules because it seemed like it was like somebody's big huge house and they were like renting out like little pieces of it, like little pool house and like little like side rooms of it. So it was like all the like she had like a designated smoking spot, which was like outside of some gate where like cougars and mountain lions could get to you. But from that spot, you could see like this little lake area and you could also see um, the Hollywood sign. So we were like and it was like like in perspective, like I was looking like across, like right across at it. So I was we were pretty high up in those hills. Like when we would drive down, my ears would pop. I was taking a drink of water. I wasn't trying to add emphasis to that point. I was just drinking water. But yeah, that so that place was like real cool. I w- I don't think I would want to live in the hills. That was kind of shitty. Um, I don't and I don't think they have Airbnbs in Compton. That's where I I really would have wanted to. I wouldn't want to stay in Compton. Let me not say that. That's how you, that's how you don't come home. Hilarious. But yeah, um, L.A. was cool. L.A. was awesome. I had a good time. The food was trash. The food was trash. It was it was not that good, but everything else was a okay. I still haven't edible still haven't worked on me. Sixty five milligram sucker did nothing for me, but I'm gonna keep on pushing. I Man, I think I might have ate too much that day. Cause like I had that's the day I had Roscoe's, and then after that I had I had some kind of like crab sandwich. But I had all of that on my stomach, and then I ate the lollipop. And I think that may have affected it. I think that might have uh, taken a little punch out of the kicker. But it was, I mean, I guess it was good, but that does, that really doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, L.A. was cool. Vegas was typical. Um, Vegas, it is not legal to smoke marijuana, so that was a, a little bit of an adjustment for the trip. But Will made it work. Will was a really good sport. Um, we didn't do any gambling. We did see a, we did see a show though. We saw Eddie Griffin's comedy show. It was pretty funny because you know I'm doing this comedy thing. So, uh, and Will wanted to see him too. I mean, Eddie Griffin's a funny guy. He's not. He's he's very talented. 
Um, he always tries to drop a little knowledge in his stuff, kind of like, kind of like I guess all black comics do. Um, good ones anyway. But I don't know. I I will admit that some of his points were a little overblown. I'm not gonna get into specific ones, but I don't know. He did definitely go hard on some shit that. Mm, uh, kind of made people uncomfortable which i guess comedy is supposed to do like that's a, that's a that's a something that me and will kind of debated on and i don't i mean i i, I understand his point but i don't necessarily i think it's different i don't i don't think that he necessarily understands or gets that like comedy is one of the few art forms where you have to you can't practice it on your own in a room and definitely come out and know if it's going to hit or not like, it's almost something that you have to, like, fail in front of people at to be good at, you know? It's not like an instrument where I could lock myself in a room and I can practice my instrument and it is undeniable that that, instru- that I'm good at that instrument based on whether I come out and do a song perfectly. Like, you cannot like that song, but you can't deny my performance, my ability to perform that song. Comedy, you can work on it privately all you want. And until you figure out how to finesse and and properly present it to the audience, you you're kind of not doing good. And you but you have to do that in front of people. You have to do that in front of your audience. Whereas when you sing or when you play an instrument, you have time on your own to prepare before you present it to the audience. Whereas comedy has to be developed in front of the audience. Like if you don't, if you don't have people to laugh at it, then you don't really know if you're funny or what you're, if what you're doing is valid. So did he offend some people? Sure. And I think, I think comedians should get a little bit of leeway under the guise of being comedians. I am constantly trying to see if what I'm saying is funny, not, constantly trying to say things to offend people i'm constantly trying to say things that i think other people will find funny and some of them are offensive i think that's a comedian that's the the that should be the mission statement of a comedian i'm trying to say inappropriate things and have people laugh at them and sometimes i fail but i'm always trying to get people to laugh booyah how you like me now? But yeah, Vegas. Uh, I don't know. Would I go back? I don't know. I mean, we the Venetian. Listen, the Venetian hotel was really nice. It was really nice. Really nice hotel. I would definitely uh, recommend checking out the Venetian if you're in. Wait, let me stop shouting. Let me stop shouting people out until I get some sponsors. <coughs> no, Manchester. Y- y'all should be my first sponsors. Like Y'all should do my T-shirt. I got to get Hector on the show and talk to Hector about that. But, um, yeah, I, go to, go to Vegas if you want. The hotels I stayed in were awesome. Take your swimming trunks. But I'm back now and I'm back and what am I going to do now that I'm back? Well, I need to buy a copy of The Wrestler, the movie, because I just bought the screenplay and I want to read the screenplay and watch the movie. And I think I'm going to write a screenplay or at least I'm going to write a couple ideas, like a, a couple like um, 
treatments for screenplays. But I need to, I read online that you need to read and watch a movie and a screenplay about 10 times together and then 10 times separately each before you try to do that. Um, what is my screenplay going to be on? A bunch of stuff. Um, I really want to do like a classic, like an updated version of like a, a classic detective story. Like when they're like an updated version of like the black and white. You go into the you got the office with the the glass you can't see through, and the name on the door. That's that's James Bond, but you know the kind of music they be having. It was a cold night. I sat in my office and scratched my balls. She came in like a breath of fresh air on a musty mouth. You know, one of those. <laughs> Maybe you don't know. Maybe that was a horrible. <laughs> Maybe that was a horrible description. Um, I want to do some like Trailer Park Boys type shit, but with black people. If you don't know what the Trailer Park Boys are, they're nothing. It. I don't want to say they're nothing. But it's not like a, a great big crazy idea that they that they came up with for their show. It's pretty. I don't want to say it's basic, but it is. It's pre, it's a pretty basic idea, but um, they've got funding for it, and I want funding for some shit I want to do. So that's is that what I'm doing? Right. So uh, the tra- some trailer park boy type stuff, which is, which is really just like some neighborhood friendly kind of kind of all encompassing type of thing. Like I feel like I can shoot that with some GoPros. I want to try to find some funding so I can get some GoPros. I need like I don't want to half step, but I need like five. I need like five GoPros. I feel like that's how many Jerry Seinfeld uses for comedians and cars of coffee. Four GoPros, they're about $400 each. So that is about 16 plus tax, about $1,700. That's a, that's, listen, I need, I need, a, I need a donor. That's what I need. I need a, I need a loan from a wealthy man. Pause. Not like, not like that. <laughs> Super pause. Yeah. Ah, just came back from Vegas. That was some wild shit. No, I'm joking. But um, yeah, you know, me and Will were in Vegas talking, and you know, gambling, gambling addictions, and food addictions. They say are like the hardest ones to kick. They say food addictions are the hardest to kick because you have to eat, so you can always justify eating some bullshit. Like you can be like, oh, I don't, I gotta eat. I got to eat something, so I ate a cheeseburger from McDonald's. That's probably, you didn't have to eat that, but true, you had to eat, but you didn't have to eat that. So there's this dichotomy, there's this, 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 yeah, this dichotomy going on where like you have to eat, but you insist on eating bullshit. The same thing happens or occurs with gambling, but gambling is more addictive and more dangerous because every time you gamble, in theory, you could win. Now, you're you're not being realistic about your probability of re- winning, 
But what makes gambling addiction dangerous is that in all probability, in, in all possible, you could win, but you very, very, very rarely do, and that's what makes gambling addiction so, so, um, so dangerous. But for some people, for some people, and me and Will consider ourselves to be this way. I think E would be the same way. I think there's a lot of people that if you could win fifty thousand dollars. One time, I'm not saying you'd have to like win for life or like you, if, if you could win $50,000 one time, you could change your life forever. You could invest in some shit. You could get some, you could finally do this, this project that you've been sitting on that you might have thought was an awesome idea. $50,000 could, could really get you. And me and Will are sitting, walking through the, sitting, we're sitting in line for the buffet saying this. $50,000 could that's why people gamble. It's 50. They're that close. And then we almost simultaneously looked at each other and said, shit, 10, 10 would get us on the way. $10,000 would have me rolling. It would have me rolling to having a successful podcast, parlaying that into a successful YouTube channel, parlaying that into a deal where I could write some shit for Netflix or write some shit for Amazon Cause they're about to have a streaming service. Somebody streaming service. Somebody give me some money to create some shit. Ten thousand dollars could have me going. Ten thousand dollars, I could buy my four GoPros and not even put a dent in my shit. I already got my MacBook, so I could edit and I got a monster of a MacBook, so I could do all my editing and all of that shit. Blue wop the blam. Ten stacks. If y'all know anybody that's just giving away stacks, let me know. I'll write a grant or something. But if they just giving away ten stacks, let me know. I'll I, I'll put it to good use. I, I won't I won't spend it all on Jordans. Not all of it. <laughs> not all. Not all of it. Hilarious. Uh, some jeans I want too. No, I'm joking. But yeah. Um. Sandra Bland. I mean, I eventually, I, eventually, I had to talk about it, right? Like it had to come up. It's just been, it's, there's been too much, there's been too much shit going on about it for me not to. Um, when I first took notes on it, there wasn't nearly as much information, or or even speculation as there is now. Um, when I first wrote notes on it, all I really had was the video of the actual interactions between her and the police officer, which were appalling, which were um, antagonistic, which were problematic, which were... Um, encouraging enticing and provoking an altercation and this is from the side of the quote unquote authority figure I don't really like calling police officers authority figures because they're not they are not the authority they are not the authority police officers are in place to upheld some semblance of laws they are not an authority. 
they act as um uh, currently they act as a truncheon or a baton for for lawmakers and cities they're really like glorified money collectors but they are not an authority they are not, they are not even considered i don't think police officers are truly considered emergency response vehicles so technically you don't have to pull to the right when they come screaming down they've uh the street with their sirens on and um hands in the air everybody who has seen a cop put on their berries which is a hood term for their flag for their lights um put on their flash their berries just to get through a speed light or just to get off a, a exit or like nothing having to do specifically with the job if you're a firefighter if you're an ambulance i'll pull over to the side all day if you're a cop i can't in good conscience do that because you could be on your way to whoop somebody's ass but getting back to Sandra Bland um, specifically. So I'm watching the video. Pulls her over for failing to signal while changing lanes. Now look, that is a that's a bullshit reason to pull somebody over. Okay? I would almost accept more like you had a tail light out. Or something like that. But like Failure to not even like failure to signal while making a turn failure to signal while changing lanes. So that's the first indication of that bullshit is on the horizon. Secondly, not even a minute into the conversation, he's asking her, are you okay? You seem you seem agitated. Every black person, and, and I don't, I don't give a fuck. Every black person knows what that means. Every black person knows that in this case and in my life specifically, when white people ask you about your, your tone or they ask you about, you know, feeling when they ask you about feeling a negative way, they're generally trying to put that on you. They're trying to, they're trying to position you for the way that they want to deal with you. And the way they want to deal with you is authoritatively. And they want to deal with you in a sense of like calming you down or controlling you because that's what they're doing. Once they, once they, once they can say that you seem upset, or once they say that you seem irritated, then they automatically go into this thing of how to diffuse that situation. Hold on, I have control here. No reason to get all upset. No need to raise your voice. That's bullshit. And what it does is, it starts or further irritates us. So he does all that shit. Um, he gets her. Um, he gets her license. He goes back to the, to, um, to his car. And the first, the version I watched, of course, there's multiples. There's one without the quote unquote cuts or whatever. <coughs> but um, the tape I watched fast forwarded it, or it said what it said was several minutes later, and black people. 
my, anybody, okay, now this is one that applies to everybody. Anybody that has been pulled over by the police know that it doesn't take that long to run your shit. Here's why. Little tip. Before they pull you over, they've already run your license plates. Okay, that's what they do while they're following you before they flash you. They're running your license plates. In case you don't know, police officers run hundreds of plates a day for nothing. They just get behind people, they follow them, they check their plates, they pull off. Get behind people, follow them for a little bit, check their plates, they pull off. So by the time they've pulled you over, they've already ran those plates, which is half the process. Your name, if it's your car, has already popped up. All they really need to do is check to see if you have any warrants. Now it does take a little bit longer if you don't, if you're clean, ironically, because they have to like check every database. But if you have a record, your record generally pops up fairly quickly. So what they do is they sit in their car and they fuck with your mind. They have you sitting there. If you're late, then you know, uh, you're, you're late. Um, if, if you're late, you're going to be later. Um, if you're irritated, if you're hot, you're getting hotter because they tell you to turn the car off. Um, in Sandra Bland's case, she was having a cigarette. He returns to the car several minutes later. Again, asks about her attitude. What's wrong with her? Is everything okay? And then she tells him, yes, I'm irritated. Yes, I'm upset. I feel like you pulled me over for some bullshit. Mind you, all this time, I'm pretty sure she's smoking the cigarette. Suddenly, the cigarette becomes an issue. Ma'am, can you put your cigarette out? Why does she need to put her cigarette out in her property? In her car, why does she need to put her cigarette out? <coughs> and this is where the whole shit went south. Because when she acknowledges her rights to smoke her cigarette in her car while she's being harassed, he gets an attitude because white people, and this is for any race, white people don't like when anyone asserts their rights or asserts their, not all white people, evil white people, evil white people. Evil white people hate when anybody except them exerts, exerts their uh, government established rights, their God given rights. According to them, only people that have rights are them. And he had a problem with her smoking a cigarette in her car. So he decided again to be the authority and tell her to put out her cigarette. She refuses. He gets even more upset. This is when the physical abuse begins. He rips her door open. Threatens to, quote unquote, light her up, which is a a cop term for tasing. All of this for failure. At, At this point, the failure to the failure to change lanes means nothing at this point because he's taken it to a whole nother level that it didn't have to be at. The, the ordering of her to put out her cigarette, the ordering of her to, to get out of the car, the threatening of her to light her up, the physical altercation and the physical damage he put, he inflicted by attempting to physically remove her from her vehicle. 
for no reason. He had an issue with her being with her knowing her rights and standing by him. Now this is the bullshit. He pulls her out of the car, or when she when she eventually gets out of the car, he directs her off camera. What the fuck is the point of the body cam or the dash cam if they're not gonna stay in sight of it? Because this is where you know her face gets slammed into the ground. This is where her arm and wrist get, you know, um, mishandled. And none of this is on camera. Then, where's all, where are my feminists at? Where's all my feminist women supporters? Where y'all at? Because as soon as the female cop got on the scene, it got worse. Because the female cop had no sympathy She had no connection to this woman on a, on a female level, on a woman-to-woman level, on a, hey, you may be handling her in a way that is not um, appropriate or not necessary. Fuck appropriate. It's not necessary. For failing to signal when changing lanes. Now, I'm sure there are people... I don't even want to hear that, okay? There's no one out there that drives 100% by the law. There's no one out there. No one out there comes to a complete stop before the white line at every stop sign. There's no one out there that properly signals for every turn. There's nobody out there that signals when they pull away from a curb. There's nobody out there that every time you know, turns their wheels away from the curb when they're parking uphill and toward the curb when they're parking downhill. There's nobody that does all of that bullshit. And any real driver knows that not signaling when changing lanes is almost, it's, it's almost the lowest rung of vehicular um, tr- trespasses. And this is what this woman is now dead for. Now, listen. Okay, so they're releasing video footage of her not being dead in her mugshot. We still don't get to see both mugshots. You know, don't act don't act like this video is a is a clear all. She's still dead. You still don't necessarily have proof that she killed herself. She had a 22 minute conversation with somebody like, why would she kill herself? If you listen to her in the video, she was saying, yeah, we're going to do this. I'm about to get paid. She might not have said I'm about to get paid, but she definitely said we're going to court. She definitely said somebody's going to hear about it. I'm not necessarily familiar with what part of Texas she was in, but I'm, I'm familiar with the overall feeling and, and, um, aura that Texas has and I don't know if she, I don't know how well she would have done in court a lot of racist shit goes on in Texas not Austin not I mean Austin seems to be the hipster capital of the world Sandra Bland rest in peace um I don't know what to say about this police brutality shit. It's really, it's rough, man. It's rough. 
I need to fix. I need to make sure my my car is tight because I I don't like getting pulled over. I don't like police officers driving behind me. It makes me very uncomfortable. If I'm in a residential area, I'll generally uh, pull over and let them drive by me. Um, me and Emmanuel have been driving. We were driving. We were driving down. We were dri- We started in Pilsen. We were driving in Pilsen. We came. We came down. We came down Roosevelt. And we came down Roosevelt, made a right on to, made, no, made a left on to Halstead. So we're riding down Halstead, right past Roosevelt. Police uh, follows me. I make another turn onto Polk. Police follow me from Polk to, what's, what, okay, from Polk, he followed me from Polk to Racine. Okay, down Polk from Halstead to Racine, I made a left on Racine, um, went back onto Roosevelt, to, made a right on Roosevelt up to Ashland, hooked at Ashland, came right da- back down Polk. Meanwhile, all this time, police are still behind me. I pull over, me and E hop out, walk down the sidewalk, the police U-turn, mean mug us the whole way and drive off. And I wasn't even smoking that day. I was being good that day. The car was the car was clean. But they have they and 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 you thinking all that time they didn't run those plates? Thank God my girlfriend at the time had a boy's name. Her name was you know so. It it made sense that I don't think they they thought it was stolen right away. But if it wasn't, I'm almost positive they would have pulled me over. And me and E could have got our fucking asses whooped. And we could be dead. Anytime a black man gets pulled over by the police, he has to deal with the realization that he could die. And there's nothing that will happen. It's not like one of those uh, gallant deaths where, like, your family gets paid or, like, you know, if you get killed. Like, if you get hit by a Coke truck, your family is tight. If I get my foot ran over, if I, if I you know, fall into some kind of if I get hit by uh, some construction equipment, my family's good. But if I get killed by a cop, my family is my family is added to a long list of other families. And I don't know, do they have like a picnic? Just like Trayvon Martin's mom and dad and Mike Brown's mom and dad. And now Sandra Bland's family. And um, the kid in St. Louis. And all these other there's there's too many to mention do do they all have some kind of do they all have the same float in a parade or is this I don't know I don't know it's tough but like I said Sandra Bland rest in peace another another name added to the list wow okay so, um, how do, how do I segue out of that? Can I go from that to the, can I go from that to Drake and Meek Mill? <laughs> Only on the Rojo show. Only on the Rojo show do we go from deep 
um, racial police brutality to rap beef. This conversation don't have to be long because uh, Drake is killing him. So, I mean, Drake is repeatedly killing him. And Meek Mill is tweeting. Sad, bro. Sad. But like Drake said, you getting you getting killed by a singing nigga. I've never been a Meek Mill fan. Like I've I've never thought he had bars. I've I've always thought he was one of the worst representers of Philly. Um, my favorite, obviously, being Black Thought, and second to that, probably Cassidy, probably Cassidy out of Philly, you know, maybe Will Smith, getting jiggy with it, but Meek Mill has never, like, he's never been on my radar, I've never heard any of his albums, don't care to, um, and Drake is, uh, Drake is bodying this guy. He's really putting him. He's giving him. He's giving him. Right now, he's ground and pounding. He's ground and pounding. He's got him in a submission. And he's really just waiting for Meek to tap. Meek needs to tap because he's going to break an arm. I don't think Drake is going to let go. But that. That's, I like Charged Up and I liked uh, the thing that dropped today. Both of them were good, but. I don't know. This back-to-back thing is crazy. And the memes. Oh, the memes. But that's everything. And I actually like I actually like meme, meme humor. I think it, it lends itself to a different sort of punchline, a different sort of uh, a different sort of mind. But I like it a lot. I like I like the memes. They're, they're snapping. The one I like most is uh, Drake as the dude from Boys in the Hood. And then they got Meek Mill on the couch like Ricky. But yeah, that's funny. Meek Mill and Drake. I've always been a Drake fan. I mean, I don't I don't like how he be like caking it with strippers. Like strippers are not sauce, bro. Strippers are strippers. Strippers are not sauce. And Drake be acting like strippers are sauce. And they're not sauce. But yeah. So I am going to wrap up this show. It's hot. I'm tired. And I think it's starting to show. So I am going to. I'm going to hit y'all back to back. I'm going to hit you again probably. Today is Wednesday. Today is Wednesday. I might do one. I might. I don't like doing them on Friday. I might do one on Friday anyway. Maybe I'll record it on Friday. Post it on Saturday. So y'all have something for the weekend. Um, but Rojo's home. Get a drummer some. Um, now that I'm back, the podcast is going to be kicked up. Got to have some guests on. I've already kind of talked to some of them. So that'll flow rather, rather viciously. Um, I got it on iTunes. My next thing is to possibly get it on some streaming services. So I want to work with my man Jabari on that. Got to hit him up. This is episode 11. You told me how at you at episode 10. This is episode 11 and episode 12 will be later on this week. So don't front on me. Everybody knows about the Rojo Show email. 
show at gmail.com. Please send me comments. Please send me topics. Please send me ideas. Um, if you're if you want to be on the show, um, you know, send me send me when and why, and please convince me because I'm not I'm not very. You gotta you gotta convince me. I might I'm not just gonna take anybody that says they want to be on it. Um, you gotta tell me what what you're gonna bring to the table. Uh, you see what I do, so you know. If you could f with that, f with that. Um, but yeah, the Rojo Show at gmail.com, Instagram Shyroho, Shyroho one, um, Twitter Shyroho, Facebook Rojo. Please, 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 check out the iTunes rate and review. Tell everybody how awesome it is. Um, give me four stars or five stars, whatever that is. Holler at me on SoundCloud. Please use um, the comment section. Say what's up. Um, cool thing about SoundCloud is you can comment at different points in the podcast. So if there's different stuff in the podcast you thought was funny or different stuff you you said, you thought you heard me say that you want to specifically comment on, you can get at it like that. Please, please, please start using the hashtag, hashtag the Rojo Show. Um, hashtag the Rojo Show. Hashtag the Rojo Show. Please, with comments, with memes, um, with anything you want, just throw the hashtag the Rojo Show. Not, not no bullshit. Like, don't put it on no like kitty porn or like tranny porn. Just because those aren't the kind I watch. Those aren't my favorites. I like uh, girl on girl. I like two girls on guy. I like um, interracial. This is too much information, but, um, yes, <laughs> the Rojo show at gmail.com, uh, shy Rojo on Instagram, Rojo on Twitter. Next Rojo show will be episode 12, 12, that's a dozen. Uh, this is a baker's dozen, right? 11 is a baker's dozen. It's not 13 because 13 is unlucky. Note. Is this going to, that's going to be a straight edge episode. I should have Will on for 13 cause he's straight edge. I don't know. Okay. But yeah. Guys, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. This has been the Rojo Show. I have been your host, Rojo, and I will see you later on this week. All right, be good. Be good to people.